Welcome to Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Lauren. And I'm Dr. Chris. We're two sex educators and research nerds who love talking about sex and relationships. This has been an online dating podcast where we overanalyze profiles and read between the pickup lines. However, in this episode, we're switching it up to take a step back and consider how we make sense of ourselves and relationships. And when we say relationships, we include sexual, romantic, platonic, and more. So before we even open the apps, let's get into the beautiful mess of human connection. So welcome back to another episode of Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Lauren. And I'm Dr. Chris. And we are still continuing to ponder our values around sexual, romantic, and platonic relationships. As a reminder, we're discussing the nine principles in Andy Norgren's uh, Relationship Anarchy Manifesto. And uh, so, yeah, last episode, um, we talked about the sixth principle, which focused on the importance of love and respect over entitlement in relationships. And so this seventh principle we're introducing is customize your commitments. And it goes like this. Life would not have much structure or meaning without joining together with other people to achieve things, constructing a life together, raising children, owning a house, or growing things, or growing together through thick and thin. I guess you could also grow things, but you know, <laughs> just growing together through thick and thin. Such endeavors usually need lots of trust and commitment between people to work. Relationship anarchy is not about never committing to anything. It's about designing your own commitments with the people around you and freeing them from norms dictating that certain types of commitments are a requirement for love to be real, or that some commitments, like raising children or moving in together, have to be driven by certain kinds of feelings. Start from scratch and be explicit about what kind of commitments you want to make with other people. This is for sure. I mean, there's so many of these principles that just feel liber like they just feel like liberation on a page, you know? <laughs> um, but this one feels especially um, inviting creativity in lots of ways. Um, and, you know, so I think where I wanna start is when I was reflecting on this principle on my own, we're in such an interesting time as a species where we just have been surviving and going through this pandemic. Yeah. During the pandemic, in a lot of communities and contexts, we had conversations about creating gods. Right. Yeah. And this is such an interesting moment and approach to relationships, right? Who are we going to share COVID risk with? Who mm -hmm. are we going to caretake? People were talking about their agreements of what are we doing together? What are we not doing together? How are we handling roles and responsibilities? And I, I just, I wonder how much of an opportunity it is for us to think about for those of us who felt like they did that successfully, and I'm 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 actually not in that camp. I was extremely isolated and did not have a pod. But for folks who did, I would I think that's an amazing opportunity to think about how did that pod function? What did it do for you? And what was your process for getting there? Because yeah. I think that's the invitation this principle creates is you know, and we can set down, it doesn't have to just be about like what risks we're taking, and it can be about the experiences, the opportunities, the unknowns, the things we want to like make an open door and open that branched path for our lived experience and just not feeling like we are so constrained again to the escalator and where does the escalator take us what are the levels of experience we're supposed to have and who we do that with and i don't know as someone um currently thinking and in conversation with a dear friend about moving in together right and it's 
totally platonic relationship. We're both dating other people and the possibility in the future of buying property together if we can scrap together, you know, scrape together enough money. Um, and it's not a romantic or sexual tie. It's just a commitment to each other to support each other. Yeah. Um, and we're both single moms and, you know, all that. So I don't know. There's just so much possibility here that feels really lovely. What do you think? Chris? Yeah. I mean, I love the idea that you're putting this, the, like the COVID pods together. Cause I, I also was living alone when, when COVID hit. And so, yes, it, the pod, there was not a predefined pod because I was in a household of one. And so, right. Deciding how that commitment was going to go and in the beginning i i got invitations from two households to be um part of their pod and so then it was reflecting on well which one and i i you know ended up uh like sort of being with this one uh couple that just happened to live well down the street so therefore that was sort of how i made my decision also was just in terms of logistics uh mm -hmm. in terms of that also they are two of my dearest dearest uh, humans in my life so it's not like settling up by any means but yeah then right then the conversations became as COVID waxed and waned and did things like how do you have those conversations about the roles of like who these other people are in your life and then how they might relate to other people and just right customizing the relationships we were having and talking about them explicitly again yeah. I think that's like the part too that COVID gave us a little bit of practice in that I thought was pretty powerful in how that all means like, okay, so does that mean, right? And, and like, even now it's just like, what is the risk level of the people that you're interacting with? And are you comfortable with that? Like, okay, great. You're not comfortable dining indoors. I respect that. And I go to karaoke, which is pretty much the highest risk thing possible. And so are you then okay being in what kind of shared space are you comfortable being in with me because right. of i'm a vector of this of this sort and so it's really customizing the it's you know not as much the commitment but at least the ways that we're interacting um there is so much overlap and parallel well and i think it's it's you know again we can draw on uh right it as a parallel of saying i'm committed we're committed to each other's health and well-being i know Karaoke life is so important for your health and well-being. I would never want to limit that, right? And so then, then, and I know you care deeply about my sad little asthmatic lungs and my fears right. of getting COVID, right? And so we can hold both those things true and negotiate. And so my, I mean, I just, it would be so grand. I mean, I know we've talked a lot about this too, of how amazing the risk conversations were and talking about practices and we're like STI prevention, right? Our little sex educator hearts were like, hey. Right. <laughs> um, there's so many things we can learn and carry forward from COVID. And of course, you know, it's tough to talk about like, what's the silver lining from this thing where, you know, over a million people died from it. So it's, it's both tragic and painful and there are things we can learn. Um, mm. And so in this context, I mean, the idea of being able to sit down and sort of this goes back to one of our earlier principles of like, create your guide, imagine the most loving relationships uh, and a loving world you want to have for yourself. Maybe when you did that the first time, you weren't thinking about specific people, you were thinking about how it feels, right? Because it was sort of a different moment. Now we're thinking, who are you tied to right now? And in those ties, 
you know, how does that overlap? You know, maybe you have the goal of owning property with someone. Okay, well, is there someone in your network? No matter what kind of tie you have to them, they don't have to be romantic. You don't have to be planning on marrying them if you don't want. And is that a thing that's important to you? You want to share with them or who you want to have a child with, you know, the, the folks who want to have children, but don't want that connected to the precarity that can come with sexual and romantic relationships that people can raise children in beautiful ways through platonic ties. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the idea of the moving in together piece too, like I've had uh, ever since, well, I was going to say ever since I, we've started talking about doing this work together around relationship anarchy, I've had some really interesting conversations, but even before then, like this idea of, you know, you, the next step being moving in together uh, with a romantic and or sexual partner uh, is just, I have a lot of friends that have sort of broken that mold. I have uh, a, a couple that I know that they bought um, retirement property together, but they are deciding to live separately. Yeah. I have a longstanding uh, friends that are, are are a couple as well, and they will never live together because um, because well, one's a complete slob. I love them to death. They are a complete slob, and the other one does not tolerate that. Right, so they they decided, you know, like they're just never going to live together, and they've been together um, for gosh, coming up on almost twenty years. So it's not like this little flash in the pan thing. Um, I was talking to my hairstylist the other day who, was, and when I was saying what my pot, this podcast was going to be about, basically said, is this like where you can like tell my, you know, tell the person that I'm, I'm, you know, starting a family with that we don't have to sleep in the same bed. Cause that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yes, this is the episode for you, all the humans that I just mentioned, if you can find yourself in that conversation, but right. It's customizing your commitment. What does it mean? And I think it's tricky, right? So when the escalator is so prominent and we have these markers of move in together, buy property, have a baby, right? I mean, that's so classist. It's so many other things too. And there can be biological yeah. reasons. Some of those things don't come into play. There can be all sorts of things that disrupt the escalator. And so even folks who aren't practicing relationship anarchy can experience harm and pain where they can't abide the relationship escalator, right? They may even be trying and it's not possible for any number of reasons. Some are structurally issues, of course. Um, we don't wanna ignore that uh, with yeah. the racism problem. Um, you know, little things. Classism, <laughs> racism, sexism, wee! Um, right. And so, right, this is an invitation to try to come up with new markers. And I don't know what they are. I don't know if you've thought through what they can be. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, and again, I think depending on the, like back to customizing your commitments, right? Like the markers can be different things for different people. Like for me, one of the, a, a different type of marker that is not going to be something that I'm going to have with everyone is how safe do I feel singing with you? Oh. Right? Like there's that, there's the, do I feel um, like a desire to uh, cook your favorite meal, like learn what your favorite meal is and cook it for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, those are different kinds of markers of the big, you know, that can be very big deals that aren't right. Moving in together or sharing a checking account or whatever have you. I mean, or there's the, you know, the time you tell the, like a person about something that happened to you that is exceedingly personal 
that you've only told, you know, one other person before or nobody before, right? Like those are kinds of markers. Oh, I shared this part of me, right? And yeah, as so opposed to doing a thing. And you also could be doing a thing together, traveling together, right? Like that's a big deal too, right? Absolutely. So I love, so part of what I heard in your first example, it's like those moments of deepening intimacy and vulnerability that those yeah. are, we can look to and each of us can decide what those things, like when you said, I'm going to cook some of their favorite meal, I'm like, oh God, because <laughs> for me and not knowing how to cook, I'm like, if I tried to make someone's favorite meal, first of all, they'd probably be sad with the end product, but that would be such an act of intimacy and commitment to them that I try to cook. Like, yeah, right. Dear God, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, that's why we're customizing. We're thinking about what are those sources of intimacy. But I do think, you know, as you were saying that, I'm like, oh, to me, I think one is because my relationship is, with food is such a complicated one. It's like, sharing meals, sharing regular meals to make sure we're both nourished. And whether that's yeah. cooking at home or doing takeout or going out to eat again. And there's like financial elements of this that of course need to be customized as well. But yeah. we're getting, you know, going and getting the pre-made food at the grocery store that's, that's you know, reasonably priced, um, presuming that exists in your region. Um, but that idea of paying attention to our nourishment and that that's a commitment we're making to each other to show care or a commitment like one of the commitments I loved going back to the pandemic again, but it's it's something I've noticed that is absent and I miss it. I had a group of people that were all over and we were joining together three times a week and doing these hysterical dance videos together um, for exercise. And yeah. so someone was making the playlist of the different videos we were going to dance to. And, you know, they would title it something cute and it would get sent to you in the morning. And so like that act of sweetness and love to show that commitment to prepare the video and then us all being committed to each other showing up all the time and we often didn't socialize at all like some of those people I that I didn't know them before right there was like a couple hub people that brought everyone together uh -huh. and so with some of them I don't know anything else about them but that was an act of commitment and care we showed each other and so right like those recurring practices I think also identifying um commitments to celebrate each other like to say I am committed to celebrating your successes. I am committed, you know, and let's figure out together what those celebrations look like and also what you count as a success. But I want to be a person who celebrates with you and celebrates. Yeah. With you. Um, yeah. So what, right. So when you, I mean, these are so many different kinds of uh, commitments, excuse me, like, you know, commitment of celebration, commitment of vulnerability, commitment of an intimacy or a certain kind of sharing, I mean, are all completely different than the, right, the, you know, commitment of sharing a home or a finance uh, situation or whatever it is because, and one isn't necessarily better than another, right? So it is, it's all about customizing and like building a life that works for you and the people in it because um, it has to work for them as well, right? Of course, yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, it can just open your life to, I mean, more meaningful connections, better connections and things like that, right? I mean, it's just... And I, yeah, and, like, and I think especially when we think about, you know, how are we nourishing and nurturing and expanding our platonic ties, right? If we're letting go of it all has to be with the, the, the one, the romantic, you know, our little chimera, we're letting go of that. If instead we're focusing on, you know, again, this network, this web of ties we have, like, I love the idea of sitting down with a platonic friend and being like, you know, what are the ways that I can show up and be committed to you as a friend. Like, I want that with you. And I, 
most of the people in my life, I think really could handle that conversation. And it would be experience. We would experience it together. I think with a lot of sweetness, even if we didn't know exactly what to say that was, or for example, I have another group where we're talking about starting a writing group and like getting together and supporting each other that way and having a recurring commitment where we're going to show up. And so I just, it's exciting to think about the ways maybe we're also already doing this, but we don't register it as like, Oh, that's an act of love. That is yeah. a kind of commitment. And so sometimes it can also be looking at what we're already doing in our relationships and just noticing it and appreciating it. And Again, not downgrading any one relationship relative to another just because society says this is the most important one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, yeah, which again, which of these acts of commitment and intimacy are, you know, better, more important, more serious. It just depends on the individual. And I'm going to get super kumbaya cheesy for a little bit, but like this idea that if we are opening our, if everyone opens their lives up to making these kinds of better connections and these different kinds of connections and seeing intimacy and stuff as can be like customized and different, if enough people do it, it really like from a societal perspective, it means opening our lives, our hearts, whatever, to like others who live differently from us. Right. So it just really makes the world a safer place for everyone to navigate around. If we're all like, okay, you are expressing your commitment to each, like to this other person through this act, or if, you know, I'm going to express my love in these different ways that are against the societal norms of, you know, the escalator or like moving in together, having a kid, sharing, finding whatever, like those fundamentals. If I'm showing it to you through singing or cooking a meal or like sharing my writing, geez, like such a very vulnerable thing to do, like all these things, like that's how I'm doing it. Or, yeah, we love each other, but we don't live together or we don't sleep in the same bed or whatever it is. Like, and if everyone was like, rock, rock on, you're doing it the way you want to, like, then, then like the amount of, I, yeah, to me, I just think there's just so much better that society could be in terms of accepting people for who they are and not trying to create these, you know, discrimination and, and so many of the isms that we, we generated. Well, and I, yeah. So I think I, I think there's the way that if we, yes. So if collectively we let go of the escalator and gave ourselves permission to, ex, to accept, grow, nurture all different kinds of relationships on our own. And then we got excited to hear about every, other people's webs and support them in them the same way people will often ask questions about each other's sexual or romantic partners, but we don't ask about your friendships, right? Like, so if all of that changed, we're also creating networks of care and support around each of our other networks, right? Like there's just like, I, I like what you're raising here. And I also think this is connected to, and you know, I don't know how much depth we want to go into this, but I can't help but think of this as connected to, you know, to different justice movements, right? We're talking, you know, mutual aid um, and ways of sharing resources, thinking about the skills we can offer, thinking about the ways we can support each other. Those are all commitments to offer that within a, a web of, of community members. And I think there's also other models where folks have extensively talked about this for survival, like queer communities, trans communities, um, disability justice, like where folks are, uh, it's more common maybe to like lose your support networks, not have your family's support or not be able to participate in other kinds of ties in the same way. So I think there's 
places we can look and see how people are doing this and communities are doing this and be inspired by that, right? Like, and, yeah. and specifically here in the US, right? And again, we know that this probably looks very different in, in other cultures, but specifically here in the US, people, some people are figuring this out and already doing it. And that's amazing. Yeah. And, and I like how you're bringing up like the different support networks and chosen family pieces and things, because I mean, in addition to that, this idea that if you have these close ties with many, um, and this can also be ethical non-monogamy can sort of have the same like concept associated with this, that oftentimes people are like, well, if you have, if you're close to a ton of people, you're, you're, you're not close to anyone. Mm. Right. Like this idea that you can only be close to like back to the love is not a pie concept. And that like, you know, like that love is, you know, back to the first principle that love is abundant. Um, but time and energy we do recognize are not, but it's still this idea that, right, you can have these close and meaningful ties, especially these different ones with many people, and you are act authentically close to all of them, just in potentially different ways. I mean, similar ways maybe, but not yeah. all, the, they're all unique. And again, how it how it fits together. If if we consider maybe another marker people haven't had around, oh, this is what good commitment looks like, is that you see each other every, again, living together, you see each other every day, like they're your yeah. first person you tell everything to, right? If we, again, dismantle that and people can choose those things to be a priority or part mm -hmm. of their commitment in some relationships, but not pressurizing that, um, that tie or that, that approach to connecting. I think that's, that's what we're advocating for is you get to define it. I mean, I love the end of this principle is start from scratch and be explicit about what kind of commitments you want to make with other people. Yeah. And that's just, it's lovely. And, and accepting and honoring also that like, you're not a failure if you made a commitment, I mean, I think again, this, the way our structure currently is so pressurized, not a failure if you don't have a, a, a monogamous, committed, married, living together, shared finances, whatever, like keep running down the list. You're not a failure if you don't have that. Yeah. And I, I just think if, as you were describing, if all of us could just like let it go. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of internalized stuff that people are going to have to work through of those pressures are yeah. awful. And well, I was going to say internalized and external, right? Because oh, sure. you've internalized the pressures, but they are coming from very concrete and a multitude of places, of right? Course. They come from sometimes from family members, definitely from our right societal norms, the way policies are made, the way movies are made, right? Like there's so many different, Religion. like it, definitely, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so but I think, like, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Oh, okay. So it's... <laughs> It's a, uh, it mean, for me, it just, it's like super, I mean, it's so powerful to then if you customize your commitments, which again, I get it, it's harder. I'm not going to, I'm going to own yeah. that. It's not like, cause it doesn't fit a mold. If you're customizing your commitments with people, like, you know, that the relationship you have is something that the two of you created together and you've agreed on it. I mean, how completely amazing is that? To yeah. know that that's what you've done. I mean, it's it, to consciously decide all those things and be with somebody in the way you want to be with them because they like, because the two of you or the, the, you know, the group of you have talked about it. Yeah. Um, if that's, uh, I mean, that is amazing. It's, if not, it, nothing's taken for granted and it's yeah. all been discussed. And, and, and right. And not just default script. This is what we're supposed to do. And so it's not the pre conversation of, oh, we'll just, 
it's not if it's when right that's the what the escalator does to us we're, we're not open to what could be present or not it's just mm-hmm. when. it's a question of when if we're gonna keep going up that escalator and yeah. I, I I have some people I love dearly in my life who you know are like myself where they were married and then divorced and had kids and there were you know there we had like ridden to the top of the escalator yeah <laughs> and there's a way the people in your life just can look at you as, I don't know, there's ways of like looking at folks with pity or, oh, you know, I don't know. There's grossness. There's a grossness that it's really easy to both receive from other people and then internalize. And I don't want them. I don't want it. I don't, you know, there was nothing that was better for me. I mean, legitimately it was, I'm so glad not to be married. (laughs) specifically right. to the person I was with and in general for me that is not a healthy structure to be in and it's not something to pity right it's sort of like I remember you talking about that friendship in, a, in an earlier episode where it transitioned from a sexual romantic relationship to a friendship and you made it and you too are making that a powerful beautiful friendship and that's gorgeous and so yeah. yes when things change if we were doing that more consciously and from these places of compassion and integrity like maybe that marriage I was in would have been approached differently and would have ended differently like if all those norms were in place the external shift and then if we internalize that I just yeah it's a really beautiful you it feels really idyllic and it's not saying there wouldn't be conflict it's not saying there wouldn't be you know challenges of negotiating these commitments of course there still would be but gosh you're working from a much more like beautiful um foundation than just having things like I gotta achieve I gotta level up I need to go I need to level I need to get my little badge yeah and but and if that is the kind of relationship that works I think this is where we I will speak for myself I differ I think from of some people who practice relationship anarchy or will talk about it is that I do believe you can if you're critically looking at you know, a certain, like a marriage, like a legal bond between two people or looking at that. And you're like, yep, we have really thought about it. And this is really what works for us in our life and how we want to, you know, live together, both from a practical standpoint, as well as an emotional standpoint or whatever, you know, whichever reason you're getting married for all of the above um, that, you know, that's fine. I mean, it's the fact that you step back and you thought about it and you talked about this is the is this right should we get the legal system involved in our in our commitment um you know what role do we want uh you know other you know like having kids or whatever like if you're thinking critically about it and you're deciding yes this is the right way for us to be great that's the goal yes yeah we all get to decide how we want to show up in our ties it's just it's we're such powerful creatures like that's the thing that i think crush is it when you start looking at the structures we're in and the scripts that are there and when we are limited in those ways if you get the opportunity to step out of them i think of it as like the first time i had queer sex you know and i'm like oh my god all my scripts are broken yes this is so fun i mean it was scary and exciting and fun and i felt clueless and like there was, there was so much that, and if you can approach that with people in your life in a way that is forgiving and self-aware and accepting that, you know, oh yeah, there's no script. Like, what the hell are we doing? Cool. Right. <laughs> we're, gonna, 
laugh about it and stay honest and stay stay scared but stay scared in community maybe you know um like being a little uncomfortable or being a little afraid like that's not always a bad thing it's okay yeah yeah because in the end right we're still yeah there's just so much in that in that story that you just that you just said it's it is because it's not about it's not it is anything goes because the script's been broken but it's right. not anything goes in the sense of it is custom. I mean, ultimately the, the principle is customize your commitments, yeah. right? So it's not this idea, like, again, um, when we talk about, you know, the anarchy, anarchy is not like, wow. Right. Like, so yeah. in the principle saying relationship, anarchy is, is not about never committing to anything. Yeah. It's, it's about committing to different things. It's breaking molds, breaking scripts. I have a friend who's a therapist um and so she's you know i was talking to her about this uh podcast and she's like oh yeah i have you know clients in who say they're practicing relationship anarchy which to them means that like they can do whatever they want and they kind of like end up like stomping over people and it's like that's not relationship anarchy that's being an asshole right like that's yes. just you know like that's not you know that's not customizing commitments at all that's just saying oh i'm not gonna do it your way i'm an anarchist i'm not gonna you know like it's just like no 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 you have to include the other humans in in this customization of what's happening and there is some level of commitment however that looks yeah i mean actually i love that you just brought this up so because i think that notion of commitment sometimes we think that means these big things that we've been acknowledging right so and we've acknowledged some like less big things recurring practices of affection and, and other things we can show to people but i think there there is a commitment if you're practicing relationship anarchy even if it's the, the one night stand right really yeah. being clear about what is your responsibility if we are committed to a set of values um, our own um, guide or whatever that we've created for ourselves, you can still talk about that stuff with someone you're spending a very brief window of time with, right? And mm. frankly, you can, you're more like, right? We know that often people describe one night stands as less sexually satisfying. And there's all these other, there's, there's data on how satisfying often because we have such terrible practices of communication. Right. Mm -hmm. I my guess is I haven't looked explicitly at this research, but my guess is in those moments, people tend to default into some kind of scripts rather than right. having the kinds of conversations that can make some more interesting magic happen. And I think some communities where you might have a brief interlude together, but they have deep practices around communication. So it's like yeah. again, we can bring these principles into all kinds of ties. So, yes, you can do monogamy and choose marriage and practice this and you can choose like fleeting ties and still be practicing these principles in from a place of like loving humans and not wanting to be an asshole or hurt people proactively like right huh. right yeah customizing for a moment versus a longer term plan totally. uh, in different ways yeah so like yeah so there's the customizing the commitment from a time perspective as well which you're introducing too yeah it's it is it's it's Every one, you know, every relationship is unique, right? Back to that concept yeah. of the principle there too. So it's, yeah, this one's huge. I mean, they're all huge, but this is sort of like, to me, this one becomes sort of almost the crux of what relationship I, anarchy is. I totally agree with you. I think, I mean, you have to have the love, love is abundant. That's like 
there's some foundation element, but this, this is the hinge point. If you don't get in, um, if we can't get on board with this notion of customizing commitments, I don't think you can abide by the concept of relationship anarchy. Like this is so core. Yeah. And, and then it's just, again, it can be so exciting. And so the ways we can possibly stay open, stay curious, communicate, have our little anchors of our own values and, and goals. Because even thinking about those short-term ties, if you're approaching a short-term tie and you have a self-awareness of here's what I can offer and bring and what I'm hoping to receive from this short-term tie, that's a really easy conversation. In theory, that's an easy conversation to have because you have your self-awareness. So why not mm -hmm. do it and share it and see what- Yeah. I mean, fear, I mean, the, the snarky quick answer is like, cause you fear rejection or you fear oh, yeah. right. that someone's going to laugh at you for sharing those things. Yeah. So it is, it is super hard. And then I go back to, right. Like how can we normalize this for, uh, with younger people and, and talk about things more in all kinds of relationships where you're sharing, you know, sharing hopes and then learning how to, um, when somebody doesn't share those with you. Right. So like learning how to face the, the rejection or the, 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 you know, the decreased, the, the unmet expectation or things like that. So to being able to articulate and then also being able to receive it when it's not like an absolute yes. Absolutely. So, so, so important. Totally agree. I feel like we could do an entire episode on navigating. And I don't like the word rejection. I swear there's someone out there who like switched yeah. that to something else that I liked. And now I can't remember what it is, but yeah, I could see having a better word for that as well. Because it's not rejection necessarily. It's just saying like, eh, not for that. that's a misalignment or, you know, whatever. Um, but negotiating those feelings. And I think also when we think about what we teach kids, what is a different foundational mental model? If we're not so tied to we have to be doing relationship escalator. And so, so much of our self-worth then is tied up in our success on that escalator so of course, someone saying they don't like what you're proposing feels like this incredible identity threat. But if we no longer tie our identities so completely to success on the relationship escalator, like, whoa, that maybe we, you know, so a young person who grows up with relationship anarchy as their foundation in the world and a world that doesn't then destroy that for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just think so much of this would show up radically different. And obviously we're not there yet. But it's also a reason to dream, you know, it's a reason yeah. to aspire toward building this, sharing it um, and seeing what kind of a world we, we can get to. Um, yeah. How to go. Yeah. I know. Big style. I know, right? We can, yeah, again, I, yeah, I got very, I got very pie in the sky idealistic uh, in this one, but I do think that there's, yeah, baby steps are great too. And yeah, there's so much, again, so much here and there's so much to really open our hearts to that i hope some people do that's all i got love it love it love it so if you uh want to share your thoughts on this specific principle please feel free to reach out to us uh as always it's the letter b the number four the letter u swipe and that can be at gmail or on instagram or facebook thanks everyone thanks for listening to before you swipe if you want to send us your thoughts on sexual, romantic, and or platonic relationships, please email us at beforeyouswipe at gmail.com. That's the letter B, the number four, the letter U, 
swipe at gmail or you can find us on facebook and instagram at before you swipe thanks to hamid khalid 786 on pixabay for our fabulous funky beats